So if you come here today and you're depressed, say goodbye to depression. You come here today miserable, you won't stay miserable for too much longer. You come here sick, you're going to come and go home healed. You see, when Jesus walked into a place, he couldn't go to a funeral because the dead would be raised, amen? <laughs> he went to Peter's house and she, she, I think she dropped dead, eh? Well, she got sick. She got sick. Oh, I had a dead, anyway. Because he was hungry, he healed us and now make us food to eat. <laughs> you see, when you get around Jesus, it's infectious. When you get around Jesus, if you get around the Jesus of the Bible, it's infectious. See, everything's infectious. But if you get around the Jesus of, uh, of tradition or the, or the Jesus you made up, you're not going to get much off him. But when we come to the living water, amen, to the living King of kings and the Lord of lords, the lover of my soul. See, if you, are, if you haven't seen and met Jesus as the lover of your soul, the only one that can love you unconditionally is Jesus. Your mother can't do it. Now, I've got a head only your mother can love. I know that. But the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit cannot be measured even with a mother. See, he loves us unconditionally. He loved us before we were formed. Does that make sense? So we need to know the Jesus of the lover of your soul. So that was for someone. But last week I was sharing, can we put that picture up of the Hoover Dam, please? Last week I shared, I just wanted a little bit of a recap, because there's a part of this Acts chapter 1 that was bugging me all week. Now, if you don't know who that is, that's Paramount Swimming Pool. No, it's not. It's Hoover Dam. And they built it in America, near Nevada, and somewhere, and over there. And it was built to, to store water and, and for flood seasons and that. But what they end up doing, they, they, they made that dam, and that when the dam was full at all times, the water would flow through gates. And then they go into the turbines, and then they would, the water would, with the flow of the water would rush through. Any engineers here? Any civil engineers here? <laughs> no one? But the water would flow, and <laughs> you're an engineer, please. <laughs> if you're an engineer, I'm a doctor. And the water would flow through the gates and then the turbines would spin and they'd generate electricity. And they would power up that city. Hydroelectricity. So there was a benefit of that. And I said last week that that dam is like us. We're full of the Holy Spirit. Anyone who calls Jesus Lord is full of the Holy Spirit. Full of the, the Word of God that God places on the inside of you. And a lot of us are carrying, on, carrying a dam full of potential but never opening their mouth to generate power. So when I speak in the Spirit, well, last week I talked about being speaking in the Spirit, that I speak with tongues of angels and bring a power source. Now I know when we think about power, we think of Superman. And we think of Marvel and we think of, you know, superpower. But there's power just, just to belong. Power to overcome. Power to be sustained. See, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit was given to us because the Bible says that God will never leave you as an orphan. He won't leave you fatherless. The power of the Holy Spirit is to form Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit wasn't given to you for a show, for falling over. And even speaking in tongues is not really the benefit. That's just the outflow. That's the evidence. 
But the reality is that the Holy Spirit was given to us to be our teacher. He's our comforter. He's our helper. He's our spirit of truth. Amen? So that's a bit of a recap. So I felt led. So let's go to Acts chapter 1. Because I see there's a lot of new faces here. So, so, you, don't, so you know, I don't lose you. I lose myself. So it's easy. Acts chapter 1, verse 7. And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the season which my father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive, everyone say power. power. Now that word power in the Greek is dunamis, where we get the word dynamite. So you're not just turning on a set of lights. You're not just powering up your battery-operated car. You're receiving dynamite power. The dynamite power that we get is to do what? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my, to, you'll be a witness to me. And Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. So the moment I receive power. Now, I, I shared this last week. When Jesus rose from the dead and came to his disciples and he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. He said, he received you the Holy Spirit and he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. And they received the Holy Spirit. And I said last week that if you call Jesus Christ as Lord, you have the Holy Spirit. So don't let anyone tell you, you you don't. You have been sealed by the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. The Bible says in Titus that you have been regenerated by the washing of the word through the Holy Spirit. In other words, I had a dead spirit from the time of Adam sinning to Malachi to up to John the Baptist. Every person doesn't care if Moses parted the Red Sea. doesn't matter if Elijah raised the dead. It doesn't matter if, if Elisha brought down heaven. You are a spiritually dead person. In your spirit was a dead person. But when Christ comes in you, he lightens up your spirit. Amen. The spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord. And he lights that spirit. He puts his nature and regenerates your nature. So now my identity is in him. I'm a son because of him. You're a daughter because of him. Amen. And it says you receive power. Now, but the one I want to focus on here tonight is, but you shall receive power, and then you will be a witness to me. And that bugged me for a couple of weeks. So I know we're meant to be a witness for Christ to others. He says, be a light that shines. You know, um, it says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It says that, you know, be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You know the drill. Go out and witness to, about Christ, for Christ. But that one there just started to, to play in my spirit. How can I be a witness to him? Because he says here, when you receive power, you will be a witness to me. See, tonight we're not so much talking about going to witness about Jesus to people. That's what we're here now. That's what I'm doing now. But I'm here. I want to edify you tonight. I want to talk about how whatever we do is unto the Lord. In other words, my witness is to him. Now, I can stand in front of you and hype you up and pray for you and see God's... I've seen many miracles. I've seen... I've seen cancer healed. I've seen demons come out of people. I've seen drug addicts never touch drugs again. I've seen heroin addicts come out of a mental institution, come out and get prayer and never touch heroin again. I could write a book on what I've seen. But that's outwardly. That's unto him, to the Lord. But God's not judging me by that. He's judging me what I do in secret. Where is my heart? I could write a book on what I've seen. I could write a book on the miracles I've seen and not just miracles supernatural, just people coming back to Christ after brokenness and after hardship 
and after broken relationships. And, and I can write a book. But see, God's not judging me by that because he's doing the work through me. Amen? Through you. He judges me what I do in secret. What's in my heart? So I always say to people, the quickest way, it's not even a quick way, but the way to get to your calling, the way to fulfill what God's placed in your life is to be diligent, to be consistent. Tell me anyone who goes to the gym once and comes back looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Lebs, I need to do back, chest, but they don't do no legs. <laughs> but seriously, what do you do in the natural once that is benefit? We work on things, yeah? I can go past the gym every day and say, I've got a membership. <laughs> I go past it every day, I've got it. Goes, I said to my mum once, I'm going to the gym every day. She goes, why doesn't gym come over here once? I go, mum, I'm going to the gym, not gym. So. <laughs> But what do you do? But see, consistency is no value to most people. So we want hype. We want the spirit. We want, we want, but no one wants to be faithful in just being consistent. That's where the miracle is. Consistently. I remember years ago, I had a business. We used to do roofing. And there was a whole team of us. And what we used to do in that business, we used to clean uh, roof tiles on people's houses. We'd clean them, then repair them, and then paint them. And there was... You know, some people in the group could clean and paint. Some people just like to clean. Some people just like to do the repair work, like roof toilets, you know. So we had a whole bunch of us there. And there was one particular guy who was an older guy. Whenever we got a job, so I got a job, I gave you a job, we all go, yeah, yeah, we want Peter. We want Peter. His name was Peter Whittington. Peter was a roof tiler, and he, him and his son-in-law worked together. But everyone wanted him to do the roof tiling. So if I cleaned it, he'd come in after me and, and fix the roof up, change the broken tiles, fix any leaks. Then we'd come in after him and paint them. And there was three or four blokes like him, but everyone wanted Peter. And it was funny that everyone fought for Peter. But Peter was a lot, of, a lot older and he was a bit slower and, and you know, but, but everyone wanted Peter. And you have to look, why did everyone want Peter? Because Peter always showed up on time. Peter did the best job for you. So when the painter came to paint, he didn't get there and say, there's a mess on the roof. He has to clean the mess, clean the gutters, all this. So Peter did what he was meant to do. Sometimes the other guys were quicker maybe cheaper, but then you have to go back, oh, here we go, he didn't change the tolls properly. So people, everyone wanted Peter. So Peter had a reputation of integrity, of doing a good job. Find out later in my walk, this is a long time ago, Peter was some sort of Christian. So I walked up to him and they said, what type of Christian are you? He said, I'm a, I'll go to a Pentecostal church. I said, a Pentecostal what? Because to me in those days, Catholics, Orthodox, and Maronite, that's all on you. What's a Pentecost? I had no idea. I got chatting with him and it was only small talk. And, and the way it went. But what happened was, there was something about that guy that everyone wanted to jump on. It wasn't his Christianity, because no one knew if he was a Christian or not. He never sort of preached to anyone unless you asked him or unless, you know, it was a conversation. But everyone wanted him because he was a witness he, he bared witness that he was a good worker. You understand what I'm trying to say here? So, but the foundation of why he was a good worker because he was honouring God in his work. I don't find this out till years later, the business closed down and we moved on and what have you. I must backtrack. His son-in-law that worked for him was wanted to learn how to spray roofs. And I heard he's in ministry training, ministry college. And me being Tony, now if you think I'm loud... And hypo now, you should have seen me loud and hypo, not saved. 
Is there anyone in the room that knew me before? Thank God they're all... I'm trying to look for anyone that can throw me under the bus right here. Ferris Hagan. No, he was not one of them. He's good. Uh, I want to make sure. Because if there's someone here, I want you to leave now. No, I'm joking. Thank God. So remember, I was preaching once, and two guys walked into the meeting that knew me from my old days. And I'm preaching, and they're just going like this. Bro, I couldn't help it, so I had to call them out. These two, they're liars. Don't talk to them. <laughs> so he came out with me to learn how to paint roof. Paint a roof. So on the roof painting. And um, so what are you? What are you studying? He was in Bible college, basically. And I didn't know that. He goes, so what, you be studying to become a priest? He says, yeah, yeah, something like that. And I would let a swear word go. I say, sorry, Father, forgive me I have sinned. And this went on all day. I mocked this guy all day. In a nice way. So don't, think, don't judge me, you've never done it. All right. You've never done nothing wrong except me. But I would mock him in a nice way. I'd make a joke and sorry, Father, for us. And I'd be swearing and carrying on. He'd just smile at me and that. Then my machine broke down. I remember machine broke down at all. So we're driving, and we got chatting in the car. Anyway, we closed our business two, three years later. I get saved. I'm in a church. I'm excited about the Lord. I'm doing a bit of ministry work. And they had a little mini conference. And who walks in the door? That young guy that I was trying to teach how to paint. He looked at me. He goes, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? This is my church. He goes, no way. He gets his phone, and he's ringing his father-in-law, and and he, he goes, you, got to, you don't believe who's standing in front of me. And I'm, I'm laughing. He gives him the phone and puts Peter on the phone. And he goes, who's that? I go, how you going, Pete? Tony? He goes, now I hear him crying on the phone. And he says, are you all right, Pete? He says, you've just rekindled my faith that prayer works. I said, you all right, Pete? He goes, oh, I've been down in the, apparently he was down in the dumps and things weren't going well and he'd fallen off a roof and, and things like that. And he started to tell me, he goes, I can't believe, what are you doing there? And I started telling him a little bit of a story, how I, came to the, how I came to Christ. He says, you know what we used to do every day? We used to, every job you gave us, we'd lay hands on the job and say, ask God to bless you. And that day you worked with Matthew and you were carrying on. I said, yeah, I do remember that. He goes, he went home and he bypassed your swearing. And all you're carrying on says, if this guy gets saved, he'll be a pastor one day. And they started to believe God and pray for God that I would get saved and become a minister of the gospel. And he's crying there because it came to pass. I didn't know any of this. Because his integrity, everyone wanted Peter. And here we, we minister unto the Lord. John chapter 16, verse 12. Jesus speaking. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. I'll read it off here. However, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into truth for he will not speak of his own authority now, i've got this highlighted own authority and i'll get back to that but whatever he hears he will speak he will tell you things to come he will glorify me speaking of jesus for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you all things that the father has are mine therefore i said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you i want to go back to he doesn't speak of his own authority now, the word authority here speaks of, if you look it up in the Greek, means authority. So I looked that up, and that's what it means. <laughs> he doesn't speak on his own accord. You could say it this way. How did Jesus teach us how to pray? 
We did the Our Father recently. Didn't he say, pray to the Father in? In? So he, the name of Jesus carries authority. The, the word Jesus doesn't carry any weight whatsoever. The word Yeshua, if you write it on your t-shirt, doesn't carry any weight. It's the authority behind the name. The devil's not scared of you putting a bumper sticker saying Jesus loves you. Or you walk around with a crucifix, Jesus loves you. That's all great symbols. It's in the authority in that name. Are you with me? So if I walk, remember the sons of Sceva? Who remembers sons of Sceva? Who reads their Bibles? Praise God. Hallelujah. Remember they walked around and they, they were trying to cast out a demon. It says, in the name of Jesus, the one that Paul preaches. There's no authority. They said Jesus. They're casting a demon out. And what happened to them? They got bashed up by the person who had the demon, stripped naked and ran down the street screaming, which would be normal these days. But now it's not good. So there's no authority, there's a name behind authority because Jesus' name is above all names. Now, we spoke a few months ago about the names of God. We broke it down, yeah? Here I want to show you something. That if we are minister to him and all things are done for him, even though we work outwardly, see too many people want to do things for God but don't want to do things in themselves. They don't allow God to do work in themselves. Here, let's get a Psalm 23.3. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in. He guides me beside still waters. And he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. See, it's for his sake that I'm standing here today. It's for his sake that you're here today. And it was for his name's sake. See, he gets the glory, amen? See, the gifts of the Spirit, I said this last week, are to edify the church, so he gets the glory. See, it's not about me to get a bigger ministry. God will give you, he's the, God has already planned. If God has called you, listen to me, God gives you a vision, he'll give you the provision. You don't have to fight for it. If God has called you, see, many are called, but only few are chosen. You're all called to serve him. But he needs to do a work in us first for his namesake. Here, he restores my soul and leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. All right, I'm going somewhere, I promise. Isaiah 43 and verse 25. Say amen when it gets up there. I want to check. I, even I, who blots out your transgressions for my name's, my sake, and I will not remember your sins. It's for him. See, what did Christ come to the cross? See, I love these people. Jesus just loves me the way I am. True. Very true. But true love doesn't keep you the way you are. See, Jesus loved me the way I am. But thank God he changed my heart, changed my mouth, changed my mind, changed my soul, filled me with his spirit. Because I'm, no, I'm not the person today I was 20 years ago. Praise be to Jesus for that. Because you don't know me. I know me better than you know me. And it was for his sake. So whatever I do, I do it unto the Lord for his sake. Because the question is, I want power. I want authority. I want all these things. But guess what? That's great. Because I've met people that can preach the gospel better than me, moving miracles better than me, and living in sin behind the scenes. And you're not blessing anyone. You're fooling yourself. See, I need to know who he is. See, when I, I often say this, when I know I belong... I'll become. Imagine a kid living in home and not belonging. David didn't belong in the house. 
He didn't feel like he belonged. This is how much David was not really respected or loved. Well, I wouldn't say, yeah, no. David, King David, won the fought Goliath. When Samuel came to anoint a king, he just go to Jesse's house. He says, Jesse, I'm coming to your house. God's called me that one of your sons is going to be king one day. I'm going to anoint him. So he calls all of his sons and he goes, oh, he's six foot, blonde hair, blue eyes. No, you're not the one. This one here looks like, no, you're not the one. Went through all that. He goes, man, this is something wrong. God called me to come here, but none of these guys are the one. Do you have any other kids? Yeah, we've got one named David. He's a weirdo. He, he plays a harp and sits and plays with sheep in the backyard. Imagine the dad getting told that a prophet's coming to your house. Go get all your sons. I'm going to anoint a king. And you don't get called. Talk about rejection. Talk about going to Dr. Phil every day and Oprah to try and get healed because my dad didn't love me. <laughs> Think about it. He calls all these sons, doesn't call him. He goes, do you have another son? Yeah. Where is he? He goes, oh, he's playing a harp, singing songs in the wilderness with sheep. He's going to get him. He walks in because he's the king. See, what people reject, God ordains. So you might have been rejected in your life. And you might be going down a path that people, listen to me, God will get you, fix you, and then put you in places you never dreamed of. Come on. Don't let your life be determined by someone else or be determined by your hurts or your traumas or your misguided... Let it be determined by the love of the Father because He loves you. How do I know God loves me? He hung on a cross naked for you. Whipped. I don't want to go off track. Amen? At this point now, where's the... Amen. Bible says be ready in and out of season. So come up. Or I'm going to share just something. I've got two or three guys and then if the Lord leads me, my, my eyes are going... Doo, 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 doo. So if I come up to you, don't become mute all of a sudden. Amen. Can you share something that the Lord... that makes you a witness for him? What, something, anything. I've grown up in the Christian faith. Um, and in 2016, I was diagnosed with inflammatory bowel disease. Went to two specialists, doctors, in, it's incurable. Had to take medication. Um, so that went on for about four to five years. But hallelujah, I stand here healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, no medication. I can eat whatever I want. Um, and what the Lord taught me through that season was, we all know the verse, ask, seek, knock, and it'll be given to you. But... Um, a truer translation, if you actually read a true translation, it actually says, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, and the door will be open. Amen. So for me, it was the Lord had to teach me, you know, obviously through Rabs and Tony and, and Dorian and, and, you know, the, the wonderful ministry we have here, glory to the Lord. It was, it was a journey of, um, it's not just once, those who, the Lord rewards those that diligently seek him. So for me, I can be a witness now to, to the Lord. And even during that season, trying to be a witness to him, but he had to get, you, he had to get me through that purging process and, and um, edify me and, and sanctify me. But now I stand here and I've seen the Lord move in, in my life. He's healed me, even you know, me losing my job and starting the business. And now that's full time for my wife and I with the tutoring business. So that's all, that's all glory to the Lord's name. And because I've seen him move in my life, it's not because of me, it's because... It's because of his word. He's taught me, you know what? Those who, those who want him will seek him diligently. And he'll reward those that diligently seek him. Um, so yeah, that's just, that's just my testimony. Amen. Now I can, I can stand here and say, glory to the Lord. He's, he's moved in my life. Not just 
you know, I always see, you know, testimonies come up and say, wow, praise God. But it's not until I realized faith was actually tangible. Faith wasn't just me saying, Lord, like, I love you. Faith was me pressing in, seeking him. You know, it's not, it's not just like Peter in the boat. Peter didn't say, Lord, give me the, give me the gift to walk on water. I'm just going to wait for that. Con-. No, he, he stepped out. And as he stepped out, God was with him. So that's what the Lord taught me. Glory to awesome. his name. Amen. That's, that's awesome, Amen, because we were there with him, and known Amos is a baby, but we were there with him, and through that hard time where he lost his job, and, 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 he, and he just had a baby, and, and he stood firm. And there was times where he, he thought, maybe God won't come through, what am I meant to do? But he kept on. See, that's why I talk about diligence. That's why I talk about persistence or consistency. So you keep coming. You keep being faithful. See, a lot of people come to God to get something from God. Imagine someone came to you every day, just wants something from you. That's not a relationship. That's abuse. But when you come faithfully every day, listen to me, you come faithfully every day, you'll fulfill the calling of God in your life. Because there's times, look, let's be honest, there's times I don't want to preach. Paramount playing. I just want to watch Paramount. I don't want to preach. I'm joking. I don't know Paramount. I'll record it and watch it later. No, I'm joking. He tells me the score. They're yelling. That's an awesome scripture. 16.8. <laughs> But it's diligence. I often say, if you love the, if you if you want something bad enough, you go after it. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time. I, no, no, no. You do. See, right here, right now, if someone was sick and was in hospital, you'd make time to visit. If someone died and he had a funeral, you'd go home. We we have no time. I'm a busy man. But as soon as someone's got a Funeral, we go to the wake, then we go to the funeral, or if someone's having a wedding, a pre-wedding, all of a sudden we make time for these things because we were busy five minutes ago, but something will take precedence over what my time is. So what I desire, see, I don't want to go to the wedding, so don't invite me, and I don't want to go to the funeral, I'm busy, and I don't want to do any of that. But we make time, you know, we better go because they'll get upset, or someone's, you know, someone had a birthday at six degrees below zero yesterday, and we had to go. We had to go, you know, because, you know, you know happy wife, happy life, you know. The outlaws will come after you and things like that. But I had to go. Para was playing. And it was this, no, I'm joking, all right? But what I'm trying to say is we'll make time for the things. But if it's God is not big enough in your heart to make time for him, you won't have time. As a joke, I used to work in the finance game. And I'm the worst with time management. And he says, listen, next week, the guy's coming in to teach us about time management. I said, sorry, I don't have time for that. <laughs> That's a true story. He goes, you're the one that should be here. You know, David, where's David? Come on, David, come up here. Give him a round of applause. Why are you clapping him? He hasn't done nothing. I want David to share something. Hi, everyone. I'm David. Um, I've been saved since um, uh, November 2021. And when I came here, I have no idea, like, what's happening here. Uh, Like, so different. And... All I wanted to be just when I came here just to be free from addiction, from pornography and masturbation. Uh, like for many years, I just wanted to be free and I was in bondage and this and And not for a long time and probably just a few weeks. And I was under the teaching of Pastor Tony and Rabs and Dorian. And by the way, I would like to honor Pastor Tony and Pastor Dorian, Pastor Rabbi. Yes, amen. 
I've been so much blessed and uh, like I can't imagine like God gave me so much more than I can think or imagine and by grace of God only a few weeks and I, I, I become free and I saw like I was sleeping and I saw a demon coming out of me and that time I was free like and I, and I came to Rabs at Hugging and bro, I'm free. I'm free. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, that time and just uh, the more I come, uh, like God gave me so much confirmation in my dreams because I wasn't sure if I'm on the right path, and so much dreams and gave me confirmation that uh, these people are, is from the Lord and. And it's, it is the truth, no matter what comes in my way, it's the truth. And I was witnessing to people that this is the truth, but then the Lord was showing me, yes, my son, you know the truth, but when I start reading the Psalms and Proverbs, truth and mercy is always together. And God took me through process to form this mercy in me and uh, to, to share to be witness to him in, 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 in the truth and mercy and love. Because uh, I don't want to be um, a bad uh, representative of Christ. It is, it is responsibility when, when we share about the gospel. Because before I came here, like so many people shared with me the gospel, but I didn't see... Um, like I, I rejected so many times... Uh, Christ because of the character of people. I, I didn't see that fruits. Jesus said, you know them by their fruit. And, and after that, I got this, uh, like when I started praying in tongues, uh, like nothing happened. And I was just praying and keep pressing on and, and praise God, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, like I tasted really, I tasted God, His love for me to my heart, and and I got this revelation from the Holy Spirit about um, about uh, ab abide in me, and I knew in John chapter fifteen, um, verse four, and like I, this scripture became so alive to me, and 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 the Holy Spirit uh, the next day said. You see, I live inside of you, but are you willing to live inside of me? And, and I was like, wow. And like, uh, this scripture, he gave me this scripture, but I, I didn't go there. I didn't go there. And one day I went to work and I opened the Bible in, in uh, John chapter 15. I was like, wow. And like, I, I was just opening my phone and all the supervisors and there, and I just want to read the Bible. Uh, like, I, I couldn't wait just to go home to read this chapter, like, be, this verse becomes so alive, so, like, I tried, like, it was like just Jesus speaking to me, just abide in me, come to my presence, and, and from that day, I just kept praying in tongues, and slowly, slowly, the presence of God was coming, and it just gave me this scripture, it gave me so value to, to just seek Him, and, and, and just day by day, abide in him and him in me and then the fruit will come amen because he said without me you can do nothing or be fruitful 
And yeah, at the beginning, I was, you know, when you're on fire, you just oh, like to share, sit down. <laughs> to share with everyone. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. English is good? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> and uh, at the beginning, I, w- I was on fire. Like, I just want to say share. it in Assyrian next now. He just translates for everyone. <laughs> At the beginning, I just want to share with everyone, but now, now it's different. Uh, God is doing his work in me, and especially when Pastor Tony once uh, he said about, he preached about the authority and power, uh, and it's about intimacy. And I remember when also Pastor Rabbi preached about walking in power, when uh, Pastor Rabbi had a dream that someone is speaking about the cross and someone coming out of the cross with the power of God. And since that time, I stepped back, focus on my heart, and, and let God be God, and just be led by Him. When, 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 like when I feel I'm led by the Holy Spirit, I share with someone. And, and it's been different, so much different. God is working so much in my heart and my mind. So praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. <laughs> awesome, David. Awesome. You know, it's, it's interesting, you know, that to be a witness to God, the more I'm, I look at this, you know, it's for his namesake, and I'm a witness unto him. I'm a testimony to him. And not that I'm good all the time, and I haven't got a rap show. I go pretty long, you ask my kids, ask my wife, don't worry, you know. But it's not about. You see, what, what sometimes we look at some things is we don't know how to rejoice in the, win, the small victories. See, you, you may not be where you want to be today, all right? And, and whatever circumstance you've been through, everyone's been through something. The question is, you've been through it. See, even if I walk through the valley of the valley, I fear no evil, he's with me. See, sometimes we want to stay where we were. Something happened and we stay. We know it all there, but we stay here. And God doesn't want to leave you, leave you in the bondage and, in, and, 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 and no power. Because and, see, to be a witness, I mean, if those who've got kids, you can tell them to the cows come home what to do and what shouldn't they do, do and not do. But if you don't live it out, don't expect them to follow, follow you. They're not going to hear what you say. They're going to do what you do. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. We pick up things from our upbringing. So we need to be a witness unto him. In other words, I'm here to please him, not you. Oh, I, I, I'm not here to be your friend, although I love your friendship. But what you, if you like me or don't like me, it doesn't justify who I am. I'm a child of the living God. So I'm not being arrogant. I'm just saying I've, 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 I've craved the attention of people all my life and a pat on the back. And I always wanted, I was just sharing with someone recently, you know, I wanted the father figure because, you know, but you know what, when Christ comes in there, he's all things to you. All things. I don't need nothing else outside. doesn't mean I don't want to. It just means I don't, I don't need it. Because I'm a witness unto him. Because I received power. So you've got to get out of the mentality the power is to do something for God. No, no, the power is to sustain you and to get you into your calling so you can serve him in heaven one day. Amen? See, our eternal eternity is this. Going to heaven? No. Eternity is this. That you are the only one, true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. See, eternity lives in Jesus. No? I'll take it out of the Bible then. Eternity lives in Him. 
See, we're looking to go somewhere one day. I'm not interested in going somewhere one day because I'm going to see him, but he's already living in me. Just like David said, I abide in him, he abides in me. So that means I'm already in, seated in heavenly places. So I need to live my life like I'm already there. Come on, somebody. Because if you don't, you're walking a path of a narrow rope and you don't know if you're going to fall or not fall. You know, if you're looking for a fence, you'll find it. <laughs> you're looking for a reason to be, uh, have unforgiveness, you'll find it. You can find anything. You can magnify anything. But magnify the Lord. See, I want to magnify Him. I want to make Him bigger than my problems. See, when I learned to magnify Him, because you're just lying to yourself, Tony. You've got problems everywhere. Go, yep, but I'm not going to pray to God about my problems anymore. What do you do then? I pray to God. I told my problems about God. I told my problems about God. See, I'm lifting up and giving value to what Jesus did on the cross than what I'm going through today. Because we're going to go through stuff. You've been lied to if you think you're not going to have troubles in this world. You've been lied to. Sorry. Uh -uh. Throw that card out. You're going to go through tribulations and troubles. But sometimes the tribulation is the seeds that I sowed. Or sometimes God's allowing you to go through the fire so you can purge what's in you. How do you refine gold? Any jewelers here? Any Armenians? Yeah, they're all jewelers. How do you refine gold, someone? Silver? Fire? Timber? It just burns timber. Gold, silver, any metals? What happens? You put them under a fire, and the more you don't burn it, you just, it melts, but guess what? All the impurities come to the top. Sometimes you're going through some stuff and God's just putting you through the fire to really find out what's coming to the surface, what's really in your heart. I love this is the one, and I'll encourage people that fast and pray. There's times where you fast and pray and you feel heaven and angels dancing and they carry you on your wings and float. <laughs> and you feel like you can take on the world. And there's days you fast, you hate God and you hate yourself because God's just bringing to the surface what's really in your heart. And the question is, are you consistent? Keep going. Because this is by faith. You see, we want the miracle today. We come from a two-minute noodle generation. Because even that's too long now. I want one minute now. If they sold the one minute... Listen, 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 listen. Who goes to the gym here? Put your hand up. You're lying, man. Look at the size of you. <laughs> ah, sorry, sorry. I mean, yeah, I'm not putting them up. <laughs> we go to the gym for an hour? Well, no, I want to go to F45. It's only 45 minutes. See, if I start a gym, I'm going to start at F5. Warm up and go home. Best gym ever. I'll get the best, biggest membership. It's only five minutes. You get fit. Because we want things quicker now, don't we? Want things... No, I need it now. Why? You've got the internet. Oh, that's too slow. But that's how we look to God. We just want things our way. It's not my way. No, this is the way I am. I'm not trying to... Wives, submit to your husbands. Wife, submit to your husbands. And everyone goes, are you serious? <laughs> submit to nobody. Submit to my husband. You don't know my husband. You know what submission means? I love when they say, I don't need to submit to no one. I said, well, then if Jesus didn't submit to the Father, you and I wouldn't be saved today. Submission just means to be sub under the mission. You've got a mission from God. You marry your husband and wife, man should leave his mother and father, become one of his wife. Then you've got a mission now, to serve God, to minister unto him and produce offspring. Why? God wants godly offspring. Does he not? 
Now, we're on a mission together. We're in a mission. We're submission to one another. I often say, I heard this great preacher once. He says, well, if your husband is not doing what he's meant to do, but you've submitted, but he's not. Because it doesn't say submit to your husband when he's good, when he does everything right. But if I submit to him, guess what? If, if, God, if Jesus is my husband's head, and I'm submitted to my husband, then pray to Jesus, the head of your husband, to change him. That's a thought. It's gone pretty quiet in this Pentecostal church. See, all the wives look at their husband going, I saw Blake's going. You know, it was funny when Rabs talked about work and integrity at work and that. Yeah, many I could see, I was sitting at the back, I was going, see, see. But you get what I'm trying to say here? You don't get what I'm trying to say. You see, John 8, 54. Matty, are you ready? I didn't really... I'm going to throw him up anyway. Be ready, Nick. But let's read this first. John 8, it says here, Jesus answers and says, If I honour myself, my honour is nothing. It is my Father who honours me. Of whom you say that he is your God. And he's talking to the Pharisees here. They're saying, we, we know God, we love God. He goes, yeah, okay. Then he's now, he's now he's making a point to them. If you say you know him, yet you, not, you do not know him. But I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you're only 50. Well, uh, was it? You are not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Abraham was how many years before Jesus? No scholars here tonight. Anyway, it was a long time ago. He says, how do you say you, you, Abraham saw you and when he did see you, he rejoiced? How? You're not even 50 years old. And Abraham, he says, now Jesus said to them, more surely I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. You know what the word I am in the Hebrew means? Anahua. See, in English we say I am. I say I am this, I am that. But when you read it in the original, it goes Anahua. It goes, I'm he. He's referring to God. When, when Moses went to the burning bush, who do you say I am? I am who I am. Here, he says, oh, before Abraham, Anahua. In other words, he's not just saying I am. He's saying I'm he. The one that existed before the foundation of the world. What do they want to do to him? Stone him. He's I am. I know who I. See, the great I am lives in you. So whatever I do, I do it unto the Lord, so I witness to him. If it doesn't please him, I don't do it. Well, I try not to. But that goes for everything. I might be doing something good. All right? I might do something good that's very good, and God says, I haven't asked you to do that then he doesn't get the glory because I'm doing it in my own strength. I want to do what he tells me to do. Are you getting what I'm trying to say here? See, sometimes we're running around the mountain because we want to do things our way. You know, I prayed, I gave, and why didn't I get the blessing? Just keep praying and just keep giving. Oh, I went to someone, we were talking about forgiveness one day. Someone had, like, she didn't know why this person doesn't talk to her anymore. It was years. I said, well, first of all, the Bible says forgive. Unless my heavenly father won't forgive you. It's a, it's a rule. He says, you know what? I'll do forgive her. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ring her tomorrow and I'm going to ask her for forgiveness. So she did. She came back next week and she was upset with me. I told her I forgive her and 
and, sorry, I told her, please forgive me if I've done something wrong and this and that. She goes, okay, good, never ring me again. Shut the phone on the air. She came back going, I did what you said. I said, yeah, but the forgiveness is for you, not for her. The outcome, whatever comes with the outcome, is not necessary. So you still want to control God. I forgave. Why didn't they forgive me back? Because none of your business. You have to forgive to be free. You can't set her free. See, obedience is to do what God tells you to do without the benefit. That just wrecked the whole church. You see, we want to be forgiven by God, but we never want to forgive because we've got standards. And God says, forgive, no matter the outcome. The lady hung up on her on the phone. That's not her problem. You just have to forgive because the Bible says, forgive. And then the outcome is God's. Because all offense is against God. And all the glory goes to God. Are you with me? Is that, is that registering of someone? The quickest obstacle in your life is hatred and offense and unforgiveness. Bitterness grows and it goes into every area of your life. Something happened to you when you're five and you're 35 and you're still carrying that bitterness. You don't know, but it's grown as a root down like a tree root and gets into every area of your life. It's not like God doesn't hear your prayer. It's like I can't receive from God because I've just blocked him because of my unforgiveness. Does that make sense? Have you ever seen you block sewer pipes at home or block water pipes? Still got the pipes, water's still running, but they're blocked because there's something in the way causing issues. Until that gets ripped out, there's no more water flow. But if you don't let go, don't expect to be free. You're in prison more than them. Let them go. Let them go. Maddie, come up. I didn't actually, I did tell him I might call him, but. Then I thought, you know what, I'm going to just want to throw it on him. And I don't like people who wear matching tracksuits just by the just by the record. If you come up with a matching tracksuit, I will not pray for you. I'm serious. They all went to Insport and cleaned it out. Sorry, Matty. Uh, oh, welcome, Matty, everyone. Sorry. Thanks. It's good to be up here. I don't know. Feels weird. That's all right. You're not going for this American pageant. You just... Wait, 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 wait. Is it on? Check one. Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Sorry. Hi. Well, okay. Um, something for me, I started my journey with Christ. Uh, it was um, obviously rough in the beginning. Is that better? There you go. In the beginning, it's a, it's a tug of war. But it's just like he said, the consistency and being persistent. Because the devil will try to make it look like, like he's not real. Like to the world, uh, only as Christians we know like there's an enemy. And if there's one thing he tries to do in a believer's life, it's to take them away from the fountain of Jesus Christ where you continually drink from him every day. Amen. And if he takes you away from the presence, so if you have no more prayer life or... You stop reading the word, how can you be sustained in the Lord? And how can you really go to your destiny? Because in the beginning, it's uh, getting out of sin. Not only does, it just, uh, does Jesus take you away from sin, 
but he removes that appetite in your heart that brings that sin in the first place. Mm-hmm. So coming coming into repentance is is very important. That, that that's what I found. And what else can I share? Anyway, so last year, well, I started to take it a bit more seriously. Like I was coming here for a long time, but I was just ticking a box, to be honest. But then when I started to really see the power of God move every week and everything Tony, Rabs and Dorian talk about, it's so impacting on my life. And you know, last year I started to pray in tongues more and I read Dave Robeson's book just to understand it a bit more. My Auntie Mary gave me that book, praise God, to her. And um, it was really understanding, like, oh, I understand the Bible says that you build yourself on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. But it was like, I wanted more to understand, you know, what that really means. And it's sort of like uh, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us to the Father. So it's like God's praying to God. And like, who can pray better? Than, like, God can pray better than you, you know. You can't pray better than God. <laughs> he knows what's on your heart. He knows everything you're going through. And he'll, he'll take you out of any situation if you let him. And maybe he's trying to get a message over to you. But he can't get it over to you because you're not crucifying that flesh every day. Until you really crucify the flesh every day, then that's when God can start to talk to you. And um, I remember one day I was, like David said about uh, Rabs, how he had that dream about a believer talking about the cross or operating in the cross and the power of it. And that was me. I was just someone talking about it. Well, I had no power behind it, if you know what I mean. And I asked the Lord one day, how come when I preach to people there's no impact on them? Because I would always see someone, like, say I saw someone in a wheelchair or someone's sick and I always feel bad for them like oh man I wish I could just pray for them and they get healed you know and um, I was in the shower one day and he spoke to me and he said your focus is healing not salvation and that blew me away because really I was just trying to preach the gospel try to, so they could get healed rather than the main reason was to seek go out into the world and save the lost Amen. so um, yeah and I um last year I when I was fasting I um I was just asking the Lord like cuz uh, praying in tongues uh, it's very uh in the beginning it is hard to be consistent in it because you just the enemy's always attacking your mind like oh, no, it's not doing anything but really it's so powerful and I sort of asked the Lord like what's the meaning of it like wh- how powerful is it and about four days in to my fast, I had a dream, and I was strapped down and on a table, like had chains around my arms, strapped in a table, and there was demons all in the room, and um, I started praying in tongues, and then all the demons started falling over, and I broke out of the chain, and then I escaped that dungeon, like I kicked the door down and I got out, but they were all collapsing. It's like they can't stand the sound of it because. That's the power in the whole in the Holy Ghost that we have. Amen. And um, yeah. Amen. 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 Well done, Maddie.
How old are you, Maddie? 21. I wish I knew this at 21, man. That would have saved me a lot of heartache, eh? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anahua lives in you. And I'm closing. I'm taking it slow because I'm tired. No, I'm joking. I'm taking it slow. <laughs> Sorry. Just trying to wake someone up that's ready to sleep. Mark 16, 15 to 18. Mark 16. I've got one more testimony, but I want to share something the Lord showed me in the Old Testament to show you something. Who knows that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Saviour? Jesus is Saviour. That's a true statement. Yeah? I want to show you something that the Lord showed me in the Old Testament. But before we go there, he says here to his disciples, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to everywhere. Gospel meaning good news. The word gospel means good news. Go into all the world and preach the good news. That they don't longer have to live in their sin. They no longer have to be punished for that. There is some good news here that everything that you grew up in, believed in, did, can be forgiven because of the cross. That's the good news. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creation. He who believes is baptised and will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe. Everyone say, in my name. You could say it this way, for the sake of my name or for the sake of the Lord, his name. Now, in my name you shall, what? In my name you shall, and then, he, all right, relax. In my, but I'm trying to be like theatric here, get the point across. <laughs> In my name they shall speak in. Next verse. <laughs> they, in my name they will. And my name they will. And will have no means hurt them. In my name they will what? And in my name they will. See, in my name, in the name of the Lord, in the authority in that name. So what's so special about that name? Because in Jerusalem, there was people named Jesus in that name. Yeshua or Yeshua, which is the word Joshua, comes from the word Jesus. But I want to show you something the Lord blew my mind with. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 6. And then I'll get AJ up to finish off. I want you to see this. This is the prophet Isaiah speaking. We all know that Isaiah 53, written before even Jesus was born. And if you read it, you see, man... It doesn't say his name, but it says what he went through in Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of his peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We love that at every Easter. That talks about Jesus. It describes the crucifixion. It describes the death of Jesus. Jews to this day don't want to read it because it actually points to the Messiah named Jesus. That he fulfilled that scripture. But here, this blew my mind. Look what it says here. Indeed, he says... It is, too, not, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up to the tribes of Jacob and to restore and preserve the ones of Israel. Talking about one day a servant will come up and I will heal their land, I'll preserve them, I'll keep them, I'll protect them. Then he goes on to say, and to restore and preserve the ones of Israel, I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles. 
This is Old Testament. Gentiles were considered dogs. Gentiles was anyone that wasn't a Jew. Unclean. We're considered dogs. They wouldn't eat with us. And it says, I'll, I'll give you a light to the Gentiles. Who was the light of the world, people? Okay, let's keep going. That you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. Have you got that, Becky? That, that uh, one about the Esau? Look what this word, my salvation, means in the Hebrew. So Strong's, I think Hebrew Strong's number H3444, which, and that means, look what it says. My salvation in English, I will have, let me read it for you, leave that up there. It says, you will have a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. The word salvation, listen to me. The word salvation in Hebrew is Yeshua. He's even named him in the Old Testament. My salvation is Yeshua. So he's not just your saviour, he is salvation. He is healing. He is the, it's him. It's not what he does for you. It's who he is. Just like God does not love you. God is love. He can do nothing but love you. It's not what he does. It's who he is. Here, Old Testament, the word for my salvation is the word, we get the word in the phonics, Yeshua, written in the Hebrew. And they still can't see it. But can we see it? Can we? He's the, my rock and my salvation. See, he, in, in this setting here, look what it says. You're a light to the Gentiles. Imagine a Jew reading that and saying, what? They're dogs. What did Peter say? I shouldn't be here. Remember Cornelius last week? He was a Gentile. Dog. Gather them, bro. You know. <laughs> Unclean. Don't sit with those dogs. Uncircumcised swine eating, ham and pineapple eating. <laughs> that was the truth. And God, then he says and he looks and he says, what does he say? He says, oh, I perceive God has no favourites. You know, we've got favourites, but God has got no favourites. I perceive that he has no partiality, that the Spirit of God would fall on any man by faith that believe in him. Because they're thinking they got the Holy Spirit because of their religious obligations. And here, my salvation, Yeshua, I will send him. He named him by name. He's he named his son, my salvation, by name in the Old Testament. That's why he says, in my name, you shall. Now, can you see now, it's not about a name. It's about the authority of the person in that name. See, you are called by name. You are called beloved. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. This is who you are. You are the body. He's the head. I hope you can see this. See, if you're wondering if I'm saved, do you have Jesus? In, do you have Jesus? Because he doesn't just save you. He is salvation. He is the kingdom of God. Any man, have, any man be in Christ is a new creation. No longer I live, but Christ lives in me. That's my salvation. It's Jesus. Amen. It's not religion. It's not keeping a bunch of rules. It's knowing him personally. And he pours out the whole of heaven into your soul. That's the Jesus I serve. Amen. Hallelujah. Come AJ. Let's finish off here. People have booked the table of Elijah as they want to go. <laughs> Sorry. I'll call you back.
All right. Yeah, my name's AJ, Pastor Tony, he's my dad, so thank you, Dad, for this opportunity. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Um, so I'm 24, but so Dad got, Mum and Dad got saved when I was still a baby, so all I've ever known is this. So I was in a place growing up where I saw the move of God in Bible studies or whatever it was, so I saw people get delivered from as young as I can remember. I saw people get healed. I saw, I saw the actual move of God and the power of God since I was a child. And you would think that that would carry you through, right? But as you, know, you read the word and you see when Jesus had many disciples and they cast demons out, they healed the sick, but yet he had, was it 72, I think it was, disciples? And he was only left with 12 Yet they did the work of God. They saw the power of God. They saw the miracles. Yet when push came to shove, they, they left. So growing up, like I said, I did see the move of God and I, and I knew he was always there. And so I knew him as my saviour. But as you go through high school, teenage years, whatever it is. And what I realise as I, as I look back now is I knew him as my saviour, like we're talking about. He's, he is salvation. But I did not know him as Lord. And what I see as well is when he becomes your Lord, there's actually a cost in that. So we can call him our saviour. Yep, everyone knows Jesus. Yeah, what did he do? He died for my sins. But yes, he saved you, but now you're saved for something. You're saved to something. Not only are you saved from sin, now you're actually saved towards something. So like uh, Maddie was talking about, I knew Jesus from afar. I knew him through my dad, I knew him through my mum, I knew him through various preachers and pastors that I'd met growing up. But I did not actually know him myself and I got the chance to, to speak about this the other night with some people and I got really convicted probably about three, four years ago where, like I said, I knew, I knew about Jesus but I did not know him intimately. And it's the, it's the contradiction between are you just sitting in an audience or you were part of the army. Because he said, go into all the world and make disciples, not just audience members. So then when the penny dropped and I realised, wow, if I'm going to call Jesus my Lord, uh, my saviour, that means he's my Lord and that means I'm a disciple. But being a disciple costs something. right? And wor- true worship actually costs you something. I have a heart to worship and I'm sure a lot of people do, but what I'm learning more and more is if you're going to worship him, it's actually got to cost you something. It's not out of convenience. And so what Dad's touched on all night, it's the disciples, we look at them as disciples because he, obviously the 12, and he, and he numbered them and, and he sent them out. And, but what I also say in the word is that they had intimacy with him up on a mountain, in, in the closed doors, not just out in the street doing miracles. They actually knew Jesus in the secret place. So you look at Matthew 6, he says, go into your room and, and pray. And in that place, when I entered it, and I never had done that before, it's just you and him. There's no one there to look at you. There's no praise. There's, there's nothing. It's complete vulnerability. You're, you feel naked. And God's explained as a consuming fire, right? He's the refining fire. So as you enter into that secret place where there's no one there, there's no pride, there's there's nowhere for you to hide. As I began to enter into that place, like David spoke about, and like Amon spoke about, that diligently, 
there were some things that were exposing in my heart that I looked at the word and said, why am I still suffering if I call you my Lord? Why am I in bondage? Why am I in addiction? Why am I in sin? As I began to take my faith seriously, I look at it and I said, man, my life contradicts everything that I called myself that I was a Christian. But as I entered into that secret place, as I continued to seek him and knock and diligently seek him, he rewarded me, not with healing, not with blessings, but I, I come to understand now that the reward is him. Hallelujah. So, so as you enter that secret place, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, but the reward is him. And with him, when you seek first the kingdom, everything else will be added. So as I, as I became less sin conscious and I became more him conscious, sin began to fall off. Addiction began to fall off. Come on. And Amen. Bring it. That's, that's where the renewing... Sorry, John. Are you right now? <laughs> and, and I needed healing in my own body and I'm still seeking that and, and, it, and it is a process for me, but I realized that most of the healing had to come in my mind and, and the renewing of my mind every single day is what has got me to this point where I look back and I was even talking with David before here. It's like when you, when you leave sin and, and, and you understand you never want to go back to that place because where you once were, that was suffering and that was complete abandonment. That was, it was disgusting. It was filth. But once you leave it and you're in this place where it's like, man, I want more of God. Yet, like Dad's talking about, in the mundane, in the everyday, where you're not, when you're not feeling that presence... But yet you're still digging into the word. You're still praying in tongues. You're still praying in the room. You're still worshipping him. Yet you're not feeling anything. But it's not about the feelings. It's about the truth of what the word says. Is that if you diligently seek him, he will reward you openly. Amen. So as you enter into that secret place, it says that he sees you and rewards you openly. So we think that Matthew is like talking about a healing or, or a word of knowledge or whatever it is. That's the byproduct of him in that secret place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's so much more to talk about, but and and obviously growing up in a Christian house, and I got to hear this every day. So I I would say I took it for granted. So for all you young kids, this can become so common, and it did for me. And it's such a dangerous place to be because then you can become common with God, and then that's when he you lose reverence for him, and then that's when you lose respect, and then that's when you turn around and say, "Wow, do I really need him?" But it's not until you hit rock bottom. And you know that he's still there and that he is love and he always loved you. Yet, understanding that if he's going to become your Lord, it's an everyday price that you have to pay. You pay it with your life now. So whether that is getting up earlier to pray or staying up later to read, whatever it is, faith comes by hearing by the word of God. I did not know that three years ago. But I can stand here now knowing I'm, I'm set free, I'm delivered, I'm saved and he is my Lord and I am a light for him in this world. Can I share that quick testimony? Yeah, I was going to say to you, do it. Yeah. So, well, last year I had a, a five-year school reunion. I know I'm old, right? Five-year school reunion. Um, and a lot of the people that were there, I had not seen, obviously, because of COVID. And I was not in those circles anymore. The Lord had refined me, like I said. I, I removed myself from a lot of those circles where I thank God for it now that they were leading me down the wrong path or, or um, yeah, it was not a good place to be. And I got invited to this reunion and a lot of my old friends from footy and whatnot. And I hadn't seen them since I stopped playing and, you know, since I walked with the Lord and everything like that. Yet, I didn't really want to go because um, I knew what would go on when I'd go there. Um, but like I said, I'd been seeking him in, in, in the quiet place and where no one would see me. And I said, well, like, what had come to me was 
all of that secret place stuff, all of that refining, all of that exposure to him and him downloading into me, it's actually for a purpose to now go out into the, into the world and preach. Because if I'm looking for the affirmation from there, yeah, you might get the praises and the claps and whatever it is, but you leave just as empty as you were before because it's not a sustaining fulfillment. Yet in that secret place where no one sees you, he downloads everything for you and it's just you and him. Man. And he loves you. Anyway, I ended up going, I saw Rabs that morning too actually and I didn't say anything to him but I was like, oh, I'll just leave it. <laughs> um, ended up going but as I'm driving I'm like, man I really don't want to go to this place because I just knew what was going to happen. But then not long before that, Pastor Dorian spoke about how he was driving to work one day, again in the mundane, and he said, you know what Lord, I'm available today. So that popped into my head as I'm on the way to this, this event. I go, you know what, I'm going to pray Pastor Dorian's prayer, right? So I said, you know what, Lord, if there's anyone here today that needs to hear your word, I'm available. So I walk into this, it was in like a, the RSL club pub or whatever it was. It was good to see everyone. I haven't seen them in a while, COVID, whatever it is. Um, a few of my old teachers were there as well. And I sat down and just sat down looking around. I'm like, wow, this is what I used to do, you know, <laughs> just... Just look at it now, it just looks so unfulfilling. It just looked, it looked childish, it, looked, it actually looked sad looking around. And I'm looking at all these faces and I'm, I'm just seeing like in their lives, I'm going, wow, like I didn't see this before, but I'm looking at this guy smiling, drinking, whatever it is, and I just see complete sadness on their, all of their faces. Complete unfulfillment, complete just, they had no identity. So I'm sitting there <laughs> looking around and probably probably just got a straight face and someone come up to me that was quite significantly older than me and comes up to me and goes, AJ, you don't look happy. <laughs> and I've gone, oh, wow, what do I do? Like, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm, man, I've been good. Let me tell you what the Lord's been doing in my life, right? So that was my door in. And this person, like I said, is quite a lot older than me. And from that point, Probably for the next two hours, I was, it's like I had the Bible, I was just smashing it in, right? I just didn't know what to do because I didn't know where to look because everyone's carrying on. And I'm just, wow, this guy said to me that I look depressed, which is what I'm not. That's what I used to be. So when that was told to me, that confronted me and I just did not know what to do. So I just said, you know what, man, I'm, I used to be like that, but let me tell you what Jesus has done for me over the last two years, whatever it was. So for the next two hours, I had him and a few other people sitting around, and I just started preaching to them, eh? Like, not preaching out of just, like, whatever. I was, I was ministering to them, and I could literally see the conviction hitting these people's faces in the middle of a pub. And they're asking these questions, and I'm just... I'm telling you now, as the Holy Spirit, it's giving me these answers. I'm just, like, just flowing, and it's, like, three people asking, and, and I'm, sitting, I'm sitting there, like, wow, like... This is going to happen today. Like, one of these guys is going to give their heart to the Lord. Like, this is going to happen. All right? As push comes to shove kind of thing, as this guy nearly starts to cry in the middle of a pub, someone comes over to him and hands him a bag of drugs right in front of me. He's grabbed this thing and looked at me, and he goes, I'm so sorry. And I go, man, all good. We'll chat soon. Got up and left. I'm walking back to the car. I'm going... What just happened? I don't know what is going on, right?
But I get in the car and I, like, and I realise that where the Bible talks about seeds being sown, right? And I didn't want to go to this. But I, I went and because of the time I spent in the secret place, because of the identity that he had formed in me, knowing that I am a son, that I am healed, that I am set free from sin, I am set free from addiction, that I'm, I'm dead to this world, that he has rescued me from the kingdom of darkness and transferred me to the kingdom of light, that now that's what we are. We are the light to the world, Amen. right? Because Christ lives in us. So I get in this car and I realize, you know what? I thank God that I went and, and that's given me an opportunity now to follow through. And that person had messaged me the next few days saying he's so sorry that he wants to talk to me more about the Lord and wants to know more. And I thank God now that that door is still open for me. But I looked at where I came from and how easily you can forget what you once were doing. That now that you're walking in the truth, that we can get so wrapped up in, oh, I want more of God, I want more of him. But then, you, like Dad said, look at where you came from. I look at where I came from and I thank God every day for his truth. Because where would you be without his truth right now? I would not be here. There is no way I'd be here. So all glory to God. And yeah, thank you for letting me share that. Amen. So what did you used to do? Like, It's all news to me. See how you get, see how you flush it out of them? And if you ever listen to all the four, guess what, girls, you're up next week, so I'm, gonna pick, I'm not going to tell you who I'm going to pick next week, so watch next week, no girls will come. <laughs> but can you see the, the same story of all those four boys, different stories, different backgrounds, but they had one thing in common, they kept knocking, they kept seeking, they kept following. They were, you can say it this way, they were teachable, they were willing to pay a price. And it's an amazing thing, because... The first thing the enemy tried to do was rob AJ of his testimony by saying, you're depressed. And that's what the enemy will do. He'll come after you straight away and say, straight away. But you know enough when you're in the secret place, you know who you really are. You know who you really are. You're not going to be a good father. (laughs) I know I'm a good father. You know why? Because Christ lives in me. I'm not based on, so you're not your failures. You are who Christ says that you are. Amen? Can we stand? Come on. I love hearing those testimonies because it's about every one of them wants to please Jesus. Now, I'm a dad, that's my son, and I would, oh, I'd like, but you know what? If he, has, if he just conformed to keep me happy, it doesn't change his life. I'll get a tick in the box, but you know what? I'd rather him know the Lord and go through whatever he wants to go through through that to find out Jesus for himself. No point in running on my faith. Some way. I might fall one day and it might destroy his faith. I don't know. But I know that he's got his own faith. See, today is the day of your salvation. You see, heaven is real and hell is real. I never want to stand before God one day and say, you never told someone the truth. Because I'm not here to hurt anybody. I'm here to, to bring you the good news. That you don't have to stay the way you are. You don't have to live in bondage. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in, in any... You don't have to be in a place where you're always just struggling to get by or just struggling to just, just survive. That's not what God said you were meant to do. He says, the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life in abundance. Are you living in an abundant life? 
Are you in a place where you can get up in the morning and it's the first words that come out of your mouth? Thank you, Jesus. Even if I don't, you know, some days I don't feel like it. My body's broken. I've been working all day. We did, you know, 12 hour shifts at work. And then I'll get up in the morning and my word, first words are, thank you, Jesus. Because if you're a bitter, twisted person, you receive nothing. Forget God. You won't receive nothing from anyone else. But if you open your heart and say, thank you, Jesus. You know what? A grateful heart opens up the gates for the Holy Spirit to move in. It's a place that we need to go to. It's a place that God's calling you. You know when the Bible says that no one comes to God, but the, no one can come to God, but unless the Spirit of God draws them. So we get this thing that God's drawing us. He's like, hey, you're a dirty, rotten sinner, come. You know what he does? You know what the Lord showed me one day in prayer? He woos us like a, a man who wants to woo a girl. You know, when he comes and he wants to, he woos you. You know what he does? He puts out his goodness for you. He says, I can give you something so much better than what you're walking in. Men and women. He keeps you, he brings you into his world. He comes and says, you know what, I've got so much more for you. And you don't have to be the way you are. Boy, man, I've, I've been 21 years doing this now. And I, and I still want to change. Why? There's so much more. There's so much. Don't limit God. Don't allow the enemy to lie to you. Don't allow, don't allow what you've done in the past to still bind you. Because old things have passed away. You see, for me to bring up my past and bring it back to God is like saying, Jesus, on the cross, you didn't do a good job. And I'm treading on the blood of Jesus. But you know what? I don't come to him from my past. I come to him from my future. I come to him from my future where I am seated already in heavenly places so you got to see yourself how Christ sees you your affirmation from the world if you get it from the world and the world can take it off you you get it from Jesus he'll never take it off you because he can't deny himself amen so let's pray father I thank you for tonight your word reigns in our hearts with truth. Holy Spirit, have your way. Thank you for your love, Father. Thank you for your mercy. And thank you for your grace. Lord, I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice, Father, that they would taste and see that you are good. That the spirit of grace will come upon them. That you would heal them. You would deliver them. You would set them on a path that's to you. For you fearfully and you wonderfully made them. But Lord, I thank you that you are the merciful God. You showed mercy. That the price we could not pay, Jesus paid for. For he who knew no sin became sin. That we may become the righteousness of God. That we are your children. We don't come to a judge to get a pardon. We sit at the feet of our Father. And we obtain mercy because of the blood of Jesus. My salvation, Yeshua. Father, I thank you right now. Every person walks out over here today searching your heart. Seek him when he can be found. 
He's knocking on the door of your heart right now. Don't reject his love. Don't go back to the old. Come into the newness of life. Step out of those chains and come before him. Get into that secret place. You and him. You get into the place with him and he will communicate with you the way you understand. Because his ultimate motive is to love you. To set you free. If Christ, his name is salvation. Then he is salvation. Zozo. Healed body, soul and spirit. That's the promise he can do nothing. If he is salvation, he'll give you salvation. He is healing. He just doesn't give you healing. He is healing. Receive it. Put your hands up right now. Those who want to receive from the Lord, put your hands up. Act of faith. Come on. Don't let the devil lie to you anymore. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your wonderful grace. Thank you. We've we hands our hands up in surrender to you because you love us. Just as a little child would put his hands up to their mother and father to grab, so we put our hands up so you could hold us, Father. And we thank you, Father. We love you for not what you could give us. We love you for who you are. Because of who you are, I give you the glory. For because of who you are, I give you the praise. We lift our voice for you and we say, thank you, Jesus. And if you do not know Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, don't lie to yourself. Come to the Prince of Peace. He's the only one that can give you peace. He's the manufacturer of our soul. He's the one that can deliver us and fill us for the joy that is set before us. So I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you for my brothers and sisters here tonight. Protect them, Father. Put your hand upon them. Love them. Love them, Lord. And for those who don't know what love is, let it be real to them. Unconditional love. Unmerited favor because of your love. We do not deserve it. We cannot earn it. We just receive it as by faith as children. Because you're coming back, Lord. We worship you in spirit and in truth. And I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. I give you all the thanks. I give you all my heart that we know you, the one and only true God. If you agree with me, say amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Reach out and touch his garment. He loves you. He loves you. He'll make His face shine upon you. He will be gracious to you. God is a good God. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. See you Wednesday. Um, amen. The floor's open for prayer. But if not, if you want to have a chat, please chat in the foyer. Um, but praise God. Amen. Bless you. Amen. Justin. Bless you, man. Two weeks, you got. Wait for your course to